Thank you for tuning into sermons from Liberty Baptist Church in Newport Beach, California. Our goal is to help you know God more and take the next step in your spiritual journey, no matter where you're at. If you have questions about God or about Liberty, you can connect with us at libertybaptistchurch.org. We pray that the Lord will use this message to be a help and encouragement in your life. We're going to be in Acts chapter 8 this evening. I'll tell you guys a little, a little bit about myself in a second. I want to read a little bit of the text before we, before we get into that. We'll be in Acts chapter 8 uh, this evening. This evening uh, we're going to start in verse 4. We're going to read to verse 8, and then we're going to jump down and read a little bit more. In Acts chapter 8, starting in verse 4, it says, Therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them. And many taken with palsies and that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. We're going to jump down to verse 26 here. Jump down to verse 26 if you hang with me, we'll read all the way to verse 35. It says, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot read Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near, and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him, and heard him read the prophet Isaiah, and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I, except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. And the place of the scriptures which he read was this, He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and, and like a lamb, dumb before his shears, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this? Of himself or of some, some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. Lord God, we thank you for your word. And God, we thank you for the truth of your word and the things that are there for us. God, I pray that as we get into your word tonight, that you speak to every individual, God, wherever it is that you would desire to touch them, to teach them, Lord, even to push us to maybe something new. God, I pray that you would be with me as I share your word, God, that I wouldn't just share my opinions tonight, Lord, but that I'd be faithful to expound your word as you desire it to be. Lord, God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would work on us, that you'd convict us, draw us, drive us, whatever it is, God, that you want to do with us tonight. Lord, I pray you'd be over all things. May you be honored and glorified. And Lord, if someone in here tonight or someone watching online doesn't know you yet for salvation, God, may tonight be the night where they come to you, Lord, to be saved. It's in Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. Well, a little bit of, I'll give you, now I'll give you guys a little background. <laughs> a little bit of background. Um, I do live on the same street I grew up on. I've been in Ventura for 36 years. Um, my pastor used to live across the street from where I live now. 
It was really neat, except for every time I did something, there was my pastor. <laughs> so, um, and I, it wasn't small stuff. I remember there was a time where we stole a car, and we got in a car chase, and we went into the neighborhood, and we uh, barricaded ourselves into my parents' house, and we wouldn't come out, and the cops were surrounding the house, and they're trying to get us to come out. We wouldn't leave, and then pastor came and knocked on the door and said, boys, get outside. And then we all went outside, and the cops were like, how'd you do that? And he's like, I'm their pastor. <laughs> and uh, so I, I did grow up in that town, and, and uh, uh, Pastor Thompson was right. Uh, I, was a, I was a drug dealer. I did a bunch of different stuff in, in town there. And uh, one night I just had enough. I, I got saved as a kid, left church, which was a bad decision. If you're young and you're thinking, you know, maybe I'll take off from here. Don't do that. Uh, one of the best things I ever did was go back to church. And I went back to church. I sat down on a Wednesday night service. It's important to have those midweek services, have that fellowship. I saw people that had been there for years, and they were still there. And I thought, what was keeping them there? And the pastor began to preach when Christ returns, and they were excited, and I was terrified. And, uh, and anyway, I chose to surrender that night and didn't leave church. And, and, and I, I started following my pastor on everywhere he went. And, and soon I ended up being a youth leader. I was a youth pastor for a while, and, and I wanted to preach. And he just basically said, go preach. Go preach out in the street. Go preach wherever. And he gave me chances to preach behind the pulpit. And I started preaching uh, pretty often and just uh, ministering to others and and then we end up going one town over uh, to Santa Paula, and we had a little satellite church. We were uh, trying to minister to people out there. And things were going really well where we were in our church. Uh, it, it, was, it was nice. We were, it was our comfort zone. I had gone from a mess to uh, the Lord making me less of a mess and then allowing me to be around a church family that I just loved and uh, was able to be comforted with and also lead one another. You know, we were able to get grow more and more in the Lord. And why do I say all that? In Acts chapter 8, we see Philip, who had gone into a town and began to build up a church, right? He got in there, he was preaching the gospel, people are getting saved, and things are going great over here in, in Samaria. He's preaching the gospel, having a good time. It's nice when things are going well. And it's exciting when we see victories left and right. It's, a, it's exciting when things are going well within our comfort zone, isn't it? It's when we have to get out that things don't feel as good. <laughs> things were going well within the comfort zone there. He was, people were getting healed. There was joy in the city. It says, which verse was that? I think it was verse, uh, was it verse six? Uh, somewhere around there. Verse, sorry, verse, verse eight. And there was great joy in that city. Man, it must have been neat. It's great when you go to church, see someone get saved, and everyone's rejoicing. Like things are great happening in, in church there. And, and, and I'm sure he was excited. It was an excellent place to be. But then God does something. God tells Philip to go outside of his newfound comfort zone in Gaza. He says, it's time to go and, and do another thing. I remember when the Lord was burning my heart, it's time for you to go and do another thing. And I thought, but things are so good here. But then people were being trained to take some of my positions, and they were like, hey, when are you going to leave? <laughs> when are you, you going to go? And it was obvious, and I ended up going to uh, North Point. I'm thankful to, to get to be there. Philip, things were going well, and God says, go to Gaza, which was desert. And why would God move him from a place of success to the middle of nowhere? Why would he take him from this place where everything's going really well and people are being saved and things are going great to all of a sudden saying, yeah, now I'm sending you over here to the desert. And then no more detail because he just said, go to Gaza, where in his desert. And so he, he, he's told to go and he, he ends up listening because comfort zones are, are not or aren't forever homes. God says, get out of your comfort zone. And it's my personal belief the Lord will, will constantly move us out of our comfort zones. They might expand. When you're in your comfort zone, the devil's happy because you're there, right? And, and you're not going to do anything that challenges him. But then when you step out of it, there he is. And he wants to try to push you back in there. But every time you step out, you take new territory. 
When you take new territory, it's for the Lord that you're taking the territory, right? And so every time you step out, it expands, and, and it gets bigger, and it gets bigger, and our reach gets bigger, and it gets bigger. It's important that the Lord pushes you out of your comfort zone and that you listen, and you get out there. It doesn't mean it's easy outside of the comfort zone. It just means that you got to do it. Get out of the comfort zones. Comfort zones aren't forever homes. God moves Philip out of here. We see in verses 4 through 8 how things were going well. And I know, I know in Samaria he didn't have all the New Testament to be preaching, but I would assume that he gave some of the same principles that we could read about today. So when we read in John 14, 6, where Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I think it's safe to assume that he would have said something similar, that Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation. Come to him by faith and be saved. He's got an abundance of grace for, for everybody. And I, mean, I, I, I imagine he's out there, he's preaching, uh, neither is there any name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus Christ is the only way. I imagine as he's preaching, he probably preached that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. I imagine he told people that you got to come and, and have your, you know, come, come and, and repent and trust Christ and, and your sins will be covered by the blood. I imagine he preached things such as John 8.36, if the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Man, it was so good the night when I came back and surrendered. I had a whole lot of baggage. And when I went back to, to church and, and I, I remember surrendering and there was still stuff to deal with. Just because you, you choose to stop being a criminal doesn't mean you, do, you don't get to deal with the consequences, right? And so there's still a whole lot of stuff that had to be dealt with. Uh, but I still felt free. I'll tell you, I, I can't go into the whole story. And I, I want to be careful how much of the story I share with these kids. That I, I was in a lot of trouble. I was going to go to prison for a long time. And um, there was an officer that I, I had gotten into it with. And that officer at, at court, the day that I was supposed to get in trouble, ended up admitting that he pushed me first. I thought, it's a miracle. <laughs> and uh, and I, I ended up getting my, my sentence was suspended. And only the Lord can do something like that. And didn't want to go back to that life. I thought, I'm free. The Lord has allowed me to be free. I want to serve him with my life. Imagine those that Philip had reached with the gospel said, I'm free from the bondage of sin. I want to serve the Lord with my life. I want to be what the Lord wants me. You know what they needed to see, those same people? They needed to see someone like Philip, who when the Lord came and said, it's time for you to move on to Gaza. They needed to see someone who had led them to the Lord, someone who had been discipling them to, to step out where, where the Lord was calling them, that they might have that example to do the very same later on in their life. It's funny to talk about that point and see, uh, you know, uh, Brother Thompson's here and then uh, uh, Pastor Treber years ago, years ago. In fact, that same, that, around that same time when I surrendered, uh, he was standing up here and I was saying earlier how he was given the, 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 uh, the illustration with the knife saying, iron sharpeneth iron. I was 20 years old and I remember, I remember that was 16 years ago. Uh, I remember him giving that, that illustration and thinking, I need to do what that guy's doing. <laughs> I, need to be, I, need to, I need to have a good fellowship. I need to have uh, iron that will that, strengthen me. I need to be around godly people. I want to proclaim the word like these guys are doing. I want, I want to do that. And the Lord burdened my heart that way. But you got to see some people doing it before you realize that that's something to, to embrace, right? We have some people in our church. There's a church, a town over from us, the, the one that was in before Santa Paula. And there's a little church that was asking for some help, and we ended up getting to send one of our guys over there. On the flip side of that, sometimes it's hard to send someone off somewhere. Because <laughs> you're like, but they're good here. <laughs> but, but they can teach here. Uh, but it, it's also a blessing to get to send people out. And we see, so, so we have a guy going over there and doing that. And it, it can be difficult sometimes, but you know, the Lord always provides the next person. And at the same time, as we get ready to, as we had gotten ready to send this fellow out, another guy came to me and said, hey, can you teach me to preach? I said, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, 
it's important to get out of those comfort zones. And we see that in the life of Philip. Uh, comfort zones aren't forever homes. So it's important when it, when it really comes down to things, are we listening to what the Lord wants us to do? Are we listening to what he's burdening, burdening our hearts to do? Are we listening when we're reading his word to say, God, what is it that you would have for me to do? I don't know if you've ever been reading your Bible and it's like the words just jump out like this is what you have to do. This is the direction you have to go. This is, this is what the Lord has for you at this moment. And we, you know, during all that COVID stuff, uh, we had, uh, we, before that we were doing a lot of outreach. Things were going, we were doing everything, anything and everything. I'm, I'm all for being totally relentless as long as it's biblical. And <laughs> be, just go and be relentless and reach people as much as possible. And then COVID happened and it really kind of slowed things down for us. And, and I, 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 I hadn't wept like I wept during that time probably ever in my life, I just wanted to reach people so bad, and here we were stuck and not able to, to, to go out in, a, in abundance like we were before, and I didn't know what to do, because if you couldn't do the big shotgun method, what am I supposed to do? And the, how, how am I supposed to do this? And the Lord kind of worked on me and said, go one by one, you fool. <laughs> go, go, go talk to them one by one. Go sit with someone. You can go find someone. Go talk to someone. Uh, sit with them one by one. Spend some time with them. And it's almost like what, that's what he's doing with Philip. He said, Philip, things are great here in Samaria, but I've got something for you in Gaza. We end up seeing in a little bit here, we'll, we'll see how he ends up finding the one particular person the Lord wanted to send him to. But Sometimes you've got to remember, it's not always just about a shotgun method. Sometimes it's going and building that, that relationship with someone, that bridge with someone, that connection with someone, and spending some extra time talking to them and, and witnessing to them and, and, and speaking to them about the Word. And sometimes we need to get out of our comfort zones and shift our, our outreach a little bit and do something different that maybe than what we're used to. It's not a new revelation. It's the same thing that God had with Philip. In Acts chapter 8, verse 26, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. When we're walking closely with the Lord, we'll recognize His burdens upon our hearts. And as we read His Word, we'll take His instructions personally. I would say as you, read your, as, as you read your Bible, if you've been reading the Word of God today, this morning, this week, or heard the preaching the other day, or whenever it was, where did God burden your heart to carry His Word? Who is it on your heart the Lord said, you should call this person, you should text this person, you should go and visit this person, you should, you, you should go to this place or that place, and you should declare the Word, you should go and, and, and give someone the gospel, let them know that someone cares and loves them and, and wants to share with them the, 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 the Word of eternal life. Where is God burdening you to carry his word? He tells us in Psalm 37, 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. Do you delight in his way? Does he delight in your way? <laughs> are, you, are you going the same way? Are you in the word and hearing what he's saying and are you burdened to do what he is saying? There's no better way to live. I don't, I don't know how else to say that. There is no better way to live than to read what he says and do what he says by faith. And then to see what he does, because he does things that are so far beyond what we ever could have. And, and to see him reach people and change lives. There's a young man we've been praying for for three years. And, and he, he came, he, he got stabbed, almost died. A bunch of stuff's happened with this young man. He came two Sundays ago to church, and, and I was preaching, I was supposed to preach 1 Corinthians uh, 10, and I ended up just focusing on the verse 1 and, and preaching on being a godly example. And I thought, you know, it, it was kind of an interesting storyline there to try to figure out what I was going to preach and what was going. I was wrestling with the text, and I, I felt like God just wants me to preach verse 1. It's only one verse. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to go through the chapter. 
chapter. And anyway, I ended up preaching the, 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 that one verse, and the young man came up at the end and said, you know, it's funny, during the invitation time, I've never had anybody do this, uh, but during the invitation time, he was ra- waving his hand around and stuff, and he was, he was ready to get up. In fact, before I was even done praying, he was coming up uh, to, to the front, and, and he, was, he was telling me, I need to know how to go to heaven. I need to get saved. I need this to happen. I started talking. He said, you know what's crazy? I woke up this morning. I said, I'm a bad example. And he, and he said, I'm going to go to church with my brother. His brother goes to our church. He said, I'm going to go to church with my brother, and I want to learn how to be a good example. And then we need to preach on being a godly example, right? And, and the Lord worked upon his heart, and the Lord did all that, because I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> but, but the Lord did all that. The Lord arranged all that. You'd be amazed at the things that the, the Lord lines up, the stuff that he knows what he's doing and how he does it. And the way he does it so far beyond us, he has to take all the credit. And to him goes all the glory for every bit of it. But if you're reading his word and you're taking it personally, You'll have a strong desire to go and do what he tells you to do. And that's exactly what happens to Philip. Philip had every reason to say that things were fine where he was. And that he could have made excuses about how great things were going where he was. And that if he left, maybe momentum would have slowed down in the church. And, and without him, maybe it wouldn't have continued the way that, that, that they, they had been going. And humanly speaking, uh, he had some reason to debate. <laughs> but, but when it comes to the Lord and what he tells you to do, you got no room to debate. He had no room to debate what, what, what he's being called to do. And so he didn't. He understood who had called him to go to that next spot. And if the Lord were to call you up today and say, I want you to go, I looked on here, my goodness, you guys have a lot of missionaries. That is awesome. <laughs> I love that. But if the Lord were to call you to go to Africa, would you go? If the Lord were to call you to go to Asia, would you go? If he calls you to go to North America, to Europe, uh, Mexico, I'm just naming off what everything is in here, South America, Europe, uh, Caribbean, some people are like, I would go to the Caribbean. <laughs> Only for a few weeks, and I'll come back, or just the missions trip. <laughs> uh, but if the Lord were, really, if the Lord were to call you to go somewhere, would you, would you go? Or would you go wherever he tells you? Because is the Lord king of all? Is, is he the one in charge? Is he, he, he spoke everything into existence, Right? And so when he makes it a career, when he calls something to be, it needs to happen, right? We're crazy if we think we can hold back on him. We can't. And Philip didn't. He it says, and he arose and went. Philip didn't argue. He didn't try to advise God that things were just fine uh, where he was, even though he could have tried. Like Philip, are we obedient to God's call? And he arose and went. Such simple words, but they mean so much because he was leaving his comfort zone to go somewhere that could have been difficult. And he didn't even know what he was really going there for yet. He just probably knew God's heart and said, you know, God's probably got someone over there. God's got someone over there who's going to be in, in, the, in the desert area, and I need to reach him. And so he went. And getting up and going is half the battle. Sometimes we use excuses, and they're not always relevant. I wouldn't say there's never a relevant excuse, because sometimes, you know, you got two broken legs, you can't walk. But you got to call a friend, have them put you in the wheelchair and wheel you to where you got to go. Uh, but sometimes we, we, we try to come with excuses when we don't need them. Uh, sometimes they're irrelevant. Getting up and going is half the battle. We may not always fully understand the call. We may not always grasp the full picture. But as we get up to obey the Lord, then he reveals more and more. It's one of the most beautiful things about walking with the Lord is you wake up, you read his word, you go and you obey it by faith. And as you're stepping along the day and you're, you're walking in what he's called you to do, 
he, he aligns another part and another part. And another, it's like a giant puzzle that we get to see that makes us this beautiful portrait at, at, at the end of things. And sometimes we don't get the, you know, we don't we get to see the whole portrait all at once. It just, and then another piece that you didn't know was going to turn into this, turns into this, or turns into that. And he, it's just amazing what the Lord builds when we arise and go, when we arise and we obey him. We don't have to grasp the full picture. When I went back to church and surrendered at 20, there, I didn't grasp the full picture. All I knew was if I continued the way I was going, I was going to die or, or spend the rest of my life in prison. I didn't want to do either of those things. And so the only way I could go was the way of life, to follow what God had said, to do what, what, what he was calling to do. And, and I didn't know that I was going to end up getting to be a youth pastor. I didn't know I was going to get to end up meeting some kids and reaching their families and doing some of the things that happened. I didn't know that. And I'm not bragging about that. It's all the stuff the Lord did. I was at church uh, maybe about two years ago, and I was speaking with someone who was like, man, sometimes it's just hard to hang in there. Do you guys ever find it hard to hang in there? Right? Sometimes it's hard to hang in there. Uh, and they're saying, man, it's, it's a hard time to hang in there. I was listening to them talk, but I was looking around. Some of those kids that were in the youth group were in our church, right? And they're playing piano with some of the kids that are now in our church. And they're singing, and they're spending time with them. And, and I, I was looking around. Some of the kids, we had a missionary that day, and some of the kids were talking to the missionary, and they were excited and stuff. I was looking around, and I told the person, I was like, you have to hang in there. Look at all this. This is years worth of uh, investment to, uh, the Lord does, the things that he builds, the, the stuff. It's all him. He builds all this, but you have to be invested. You have to be there. You have to be uh, present for those things. And then he'll call you to another spot, and it continues to grow in another spot. It's so beautiful what the Lord does. I got to marry some of those young people recently. That was amazing. <laughs> uh, it's really neat, the things that the Lord does. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Trust him. When he burdens your heart, trust him. When he tells you clearly from the word the way to go, trust him. When you read the word daily and there's this constant point that keeps standing out to you that you've got to do something about, trust him and do something about it. It'll be so worth it. You say, I don't know about it. Don't lean on your own understanding. Just trust him. Take him at his word and go. That's how you end up like one of the guys in Hebrews 11. You just trust him at his word and go. Go be a hero of the faith. Are we keeping our eyes open, though, when we get to where he's called us to go? Or are we keeping our eyes open when we get where he's called us? See, Philip was told, go, go out to Gaza, which is desert. That's it. Go there. Go to the desert. He wanders to the desert. But he keeps his eyes open. He, he gets there knowing that the Lord doesn't just have him there for no reason, that there's somebody there that needs the gospel. There's, someone, there's something there. That there's a reason why he's there. And for us, are we open to seeing who God is burdened to reach through, through us? Now, do we listen to his call when he says, go to this person or go to that person? And do we move when he impresses our hearts? Do we jump when he says, Go. I think back of an opportunity one time I missed. I was at a gas station in our town, and there was a lady in front of me, and she was trying to get gas, and she was counting her change, and we didn't have much money either. I think the first year that Salise and I were married, I made like $12,000, so I had like nothing. And I, I was about to count my change for my gas too. <laughs> and, and the lady was counting her change for her gas, and she was telling the, 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 the gas station uh, attendant, she was telling them that uh, I just got to get enough gas to get to my daughter. She's over deep into Oxnard. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that area, but it's a little ways away. So it's deep into Oxnard. I got to get into Oxnard. I got to pick up my daughter from daycare. I just got off work is all I got. And I was like, I need to help this lady. I need to give her something. 
and I was like, oh, but I don't have anything. And my wife might get mad. I started blaming her, and she wasn't even involved in it. Uh, my wife get mad. I, I don't even have anything. Like, we don't even have enough for food. Well, I could just not eat tomorrow. I'm trying to figure it out. And I'm like, well, you got to give this lady the gospel. You got to talk to her. You got to do something. And anyway, she goes out the door. I pay, and I'm pumping my gas, and I'm burdened. Like, you need to do something, you bum. What is wrong with you? And I, I, I get in the car after, and I start driving away, and Salise looks at me and goes, what is, what is wrong? Something's wrong. And I, I tell her all the thoughts that I had going on. And she's like, you're crazy. Turn around. And she's like, Turn around, go back. We went back and we, I missed it. I missed the opportunity. I could have I, I, I been a blessing to the lady. Instead, I missed the opportunity. You know what is crazy is that was like, what, almost 11 years ago? And I still talk about it. You know why? It hurts my heart that I missed the opportunity. There's just one person. That's one person. That, the Lord would have come for that one person. Uh, don't miss that one opportunity. You never know when it's going to be. And we see Philip go and in, it, go instantly where God has, has, has shown him where to go. He, he tells him, then he, then he goes instantly where God reveals to him where the burden is. Again in verse 27, and he arose and went and behold, a man of Ethiopia. Behold, a man of Ethiopia. He got there and he kept his eyes open. He's looking out and he sees this guy coming. The guy of Ethiopia. Who was this guy? A eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship. It was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, go near and join thyself to this chariot. I feel like Philip would have known that was about to happen. I feel like Philip would be like, this is where he's sending me, isn't it? This is, this is what it's for. And you keep your eyes open. You, you end up seeing the opportunities the Lord is bringing. And, and he sees this guy coming uh, with, with the chariot. And he's the charge of all the treasure. So it's not just a small group. It's a large group of people coming his way. And, and Philip arrives in the desert land. He's viewing things through a spiritual lens. He sees the eunuch. And it would be reasonable for him to be intimidated here to say, this guy's really important. I can't go over there. I, I'm just little old me, and he's not going to want to listen to me. And, and if I go over there, they might attack me. They might think I'm coming as a threat. They might, they might come after me. He could have started to debate or, or been afraid maybe in his own heart. But we see him not be intimidated. It's because the Lord told him to go. The Lord says all power is given him, right? And then he tells us to go. He says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And sometimes we act like, yeah, but that's really scary. Uh, it's really hard. I got to open my mouth and talk to people and stuff. And we don't want to be scared like that. Don't do that. Trust the Lord to call to remembrance what needs to be said when it needs to be said. Trust that he's the one that's ordering your steps as you go. Trust that he's the one that's got you where you need to be. And you've got a sphere of influence around you that he put there, right? He's got people in your path that he, he put there on purpose for you to be able to reach them. And he beheld this, this man of Ethiopia, this eunuch of great authority. What a guy to reach. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. Philip sees the importance of this. He ends up running over there. Instead of the common excuses of who am I to talk to them? Or I fear that, I fear that he and those with him might reject me. Or what if they attack me for approaching them? Have you ever had that where you're afraid of what someone might say if you go to give them the gospel? Usually it's the opposite of what we think. We'll see someone where you're like, oh, they're, they're someone that's going to pay attention. And they're like, get away from me. And then the one that we're kind of afraid of, they're like, oh, I love the Lord. You're like, what? what? <laughs> uh, that, that's usually how it works out. Uh, but uh, I've, had, I've had times like that. There was a young man who used to uh, come up to us when we go street preaching. And he'd, he'd run up to us. Uh, I remember the first time he did it. He ran up, threw his bike down. And, what are you doing? And I told him what we were doing. And he says, well, I'm not ready. And he rode off. 
And we kept doing that, and he, he did that for probably about a year. He kept doing that. And then one day he ran up and threw his bike down and said, I need to get saved. I remember how exciting that, that moment was, right? But you, it's not going to happen if you don't go out where the people are. Uh, we got to go out where the people are. In my town, uh, we have a, an area down the street from me called Montalvo. Uh, there's, it, it can be a little rougher of an area. And I remember one night, I, I couldn't sleep when I got back into church. Just my lifestyle was not one that involved a lot of sleep. And so I was used to being up all the time. And I would go, I would take my, I found a, a bunch of cassette tapes in the attic at our church. And uh, I grabbed a whole bunch of, of preaching tapes. And I would walk around at night listening to these tapes all night long with a, a pile of chick tracks. You guys remember chick tracks? You want to use the little comic book gospel tracks? I would carry those around with me. And I'd walk around all night uh, listening to the preaching and, and went looking for someone to give a track to. And, and I remember going down the alley uh, there in Montalvo. The Lord's telling me, hey, there's a certain guy you want, that I want you to go and give the gospel to. I just felt like my, my heart was burdened to go that way. And it was, it was just like he was saying, hey, go over there. I need you to talk to this guy. And so I went walking down there. And I had left that lifestyle, right? So my life was changing. It was different. I didn't go down there. I didn't hang out anymore. They didn't, they, they, they didn't really, they weren't really fond of me showing up after not having been there for a while. And, and so uh, I went to go walk down the alley. I remember going down there and uh, uh, it was late at night, probably about three or early in the morning, whichever way you want to look at, about 3 a.m. And I'm walking down the alley to get to my friend. Uh, I'll say his name. He wouldn't care. Toki. I'm trying to go see Toki. And uh, as, as I'm going down the alley, everyone, all the guys from the alley are stopping me. And they're like, hey, you can't go any further. You, you can't go. You can't go any further. You can't do this. And the whole time, like, they're going to jump me. <laughs> they're going to hurt me. It's not going to work out. And I had to keep going further because I had to get to Toki. And then uh, I'm, I'm working my way down to the end of the alley. And, and then Toki goes, hey, let him by and let him speak. And so then I ended up getting to preach to all of them at 3 a.m. in an alley. Uh, it wasn't what I expected, but the Lord allowed it, right? And then since then, we've gotten to counsel some of them. We've gotten to see some of them and, and spend some time with them. And I'm still praying that maybe Toki will get saved. It's years down the line, but hopefully he'll get saved and get in church. Uh, we never know where the Lord's uh, going to send us when, when he, or where he's going to have us go. But don't be afraid when you get there. And when he tells you who he wants you to speak to, don't be afraid to speak to them. Have some boldness. He says in Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The spirit of God is bold. And you, if you're born again, have the spirit of God that dwells in you, yeah? If you've got the spirit of God that dwells in you, then he says, you've got a, a spirit of power, one of great authority that dwells in you, one of great exertion, it'll, it'll push you right out there, of love, love toward the Lord and love toward those that he loves, Right? Well, we don't have any reason to be fearful because we've got all power and authority dwelling in us. We've got the all, all ability to love dwelling in us and of a sound mind. Don't have anxiety and worry over those things. Just keep your eyes focused and open and remain fearless. We must also recognize the urgency of reaching the lost. It doesn't do us any good as we're, if we're bold as a lion on my recliner and not going anywhere, right? You've got to be bold and going. You've got to be bold and heading out the door, going somewhere. I love what it says in verse 30. And Philip ran thither to him. I love that he got up and he ran. I love that he got up and he went after him with an urgency. He understood the urgency of getting the gospel to the lost. It says, he ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? Philip heard God's command and responded immediately, trusting that God was about to do a great work. Really, that should be all of our attitude. When the Lord says, hey, go share the gospel with this person or that person, or, or hey, maybe you should start a, a, a I, I don't know if you guys do Bible clubs or anything like that, but like a Bible club in this neighborhood or that neighborhood, go and do it. You never know who you're going to reach. 
It could be the next person to spark a revival who ends up raising up, right? Some kid. You never know. We have no idea what's going to happen. But if we obey, we can see great things. Was, I'm trying to remember the name of the missionary. I can't remember his name. He said, uh, uh, attempt great things for God, expect great things from God, right? Attempt great things for God, expect great things from God. In Mark 16, 15, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We should read that and take it personally. Who are you running thither to? Who are you running toward with the gospel? Who is on your heart that you say, I got to reach them. I got to talk to them. You know, another point too is maybe get a team. <laughs> maybe get some other people to go their way, witness them and talk to them and I remember my brother, I wanted him to be reached so bad, and I was always like, what words can I speak to him? And then one day I remember someone saying, have you ever thought about praying that other people will speak words to him? I thought, a team! <laughs> a team! And began praying that way. My brother got saved a few years ago. I praise God for that. But who are we running toward? Who are we going toward with the gospel? Do you want to play football? Do you want to ever play football as a kid, Pop Warner type football? Do you remember, do you guys ever run angle drills? Brother Jay, you run angle drills? Right? I was the little chubby kid, so I always was the guy getting tackled. But <laughs> I learned if I, if I don't want to get hit, i got to run fast. The angle drill is someone's going one direction, you're trying to, hit, to cut them off at an angle and try to tackle them, right? It's almost like that. You've got somewhere to go, and the Lord says, hey, go reach this person. Think of it like an angle drill. i got to get there. i got to get over there with some urgency. i got to go and, and don't tackle them. <laughs> don't do that. But, but if you go and, and talk to them and share the gospel with them, use your words. It's important that we respond immediately and move toward the goal with some passion. You know, in Proverbs 27.1, it says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. How many people have ever used that with someone when you're trying to give them the gospel? And you try to tell them, hey, be careful, tomorrow's not promised. I've used that. What about the other side of that? For us, hey, go with the gospel, because tomorrow's not promised. Our whole reason for still being here. One is to glorify the Lord, but, but two is to go out and preach the gospel, to go reach people that he might receive the glory due unto his name, right? The whole reason we're here, we've got no reason to, to, to tarry doing anything else. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Go. He says something similar in James chapter 4, right? He says, you're, but talking about our life, he says, what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, then vanisheth away. Go with the gospel. You know, one day there's going to be a, a day where many are cast into the lake of fire. It says after that he wipes the tears off our eyes, right? Before we enter into heaven. Now that's my belief. I don't want to mess anything up or say something you wouldn't, I don't know, want. But, but uh, I believe that we'll be standing there and we'll see many people get cast off into the lake of fire. And who would not cry? Who would not weep as we see that? And I think when I get there at that moment, I don't want anybody over there to say, I knew him and he didn't tell me. I knew him and he stayed silent. And I'll tell you, there's stuff that eats my heart from when I was a kid. I didn't tell some friends, and they didn't make it out of high school. And they had friends shortly after that that didn't make it very long, that I didn't get to meet back up with or run back into. And it, and it breaks my heart to think that I knew the gospel. I got saved at nine years old, and I wasted many years not serving the Lord. And when I was 20, I went back, but there were times, you know, as crazy as there were times where I wasn't following the Lord, and the topic would come up that had to do with the gospel. And I would stay silent because my conduct didn't, didn't meet what I, what I figured should be, right? Man, just keep your conduct right. <laughs> just, just walk with the Lord and be able to share it. But don't waste time. Speak to those, because otherwise it hurts your heart later when you remember you had some you could have told. In Romans it says, How then shall, shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how should they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? 
How's it going to happen? How's it going to go? Go out and reach them. Go talk to them. We're told in Proverbs, the fruit of the righteous is the tree of life, and he that wins souls is wise. I want to be wise. I want to go out and reach people with the gospel. I want to see souls saved. I want to see Christ receive the fruit due to his name. He says in Revelation 22, verse 12, and behold, I come quickly. I think we see it daily. It's like it's coming quicker and quicker. I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. We'll be rewarded, and that may be a motivator, but our biggest motivator should be the the glory of God, the love for him, and the love for others. And I'm sure you love the people of your community. You want to reach them with the gospel. If we're going to do that, then like we said earlier, we need to be willing to spend time with people. Look at verses 30 through 31. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. Are we willing to help those that are searching for answers? Are we willing to sit with them? I believe it's a responsibility that we have as believers to go up and sit with some people, spend some time with them and talk with them about the word. In 1 Peter 3.15 But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. I know I'm running short on time. I'll I'll go through this quickly. But I remember my, again, I'm going to use my brother as a reference again because he's easier and he can just call me and yell at me for doing that. Um, But my my brother, I would would sit with him and I would, and I, it was an uphill battle. Uh, He said, I don't believe in anything. I'm an atheist, hardcore atheist, don't believe in anything. And I would go and I would sit with my brother and he'd say, tell me why you believe in Jesus. Tell me why you believe in the Lord. And he would ask me all these questions too. And I'd go to the scriptures and I'd show him when I was done. He'd be like, you're, you're dumb. I don't believe anything you just said. And it's been like an hour and a half talking to him. He'd be like, everything you said is foolish. I'm out of here. And he'd, let, and he'd leave. I didn't find out until years later, his wife said that he'd come home and grab her Bible and open it up. <laughs> and go back to, to look and see if what I said was true. And uh, <clears throat> we never know what's going to happen. And you might spend years, I spent seven years trying to reach my brother. You might spend several years sitting with someone, trying to reach them with the gospel, trying to invite them to church, trying to get them to learn about Jesus. And you feel like, man, this, is, this battle is just not happening. It's just not, is there ever going to be a victory? The Lord's in charge of the victory. It's just our job to plant the seed, right? And to water the seed, and then he gives the increase. But I, I promise you're faithful. The Lord will bless it. The Lord will do something with it. Be ready to give an answer. As we study God's word, we're hiding it in our heart that we might be able to deliver it back out. He says, thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Let's not sin against him and not witnessing to others. He says, the Holy Spirit will call things to remembrance. He'll teach you all things. He'll call to remembrance when you need it. Trust him. If you've been storing the word up in your heart, you've been pouring in there, it's like a well. And there's a dry and thirsty land. He's going to use your heart to draw that water out and give it out to those that are dry and thirsty, those that need the gospel, those that need the, the refreshment of it. We'll get to praise God as we see the whosoever call upon the name of the Lord to be saved. In Acts chapter 8, read verses 35 through 38. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shear, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. 
He was ready to give that answer. He had been studying. He knew the book of Isaiah. He was ready to share it. Make sure you're studying, reading the word of God that you might be ready to share it. It says, as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And Philip's probably like, yes! How exciting was that? You know, sitting with this guy, working with this guy. He'd gone to Gaza, which was desert. He sees him, goes over there, spends time with him. And then he trusts Christ for salvation. On the, on the other side of that, the Lord had already been working on his heart, right? The Lord had already got him uh, getting into the Scriptures, find out who Jesus was. But the Lord had Philip go and lead him all the way to him. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. That's how we know he really got saved. Uh, he said, well, how do I get baptized? He said, if you get saved, then you can. And he got saved, and then he got baptized. If we're faithful to the commission, the Lord will bless. And the results are worth every bit of effort. We're going to close with, the results are worth every bit of effort. The last verse there, is a verse 39, which says, and they, they were come up out of the water, and the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. Just like that city where everything was going great, where everybody was rejoicing, there was rejoicing going on in the desert. There's going to be rejoicing anywhere you go as long as you proclaim the gospel, because someone's going to get saved. And when they get saved, all of heaven rejoices. You get to rejoice with them, and it is every bit of worth it, no matter where the Lord calls you to go. I love how he continues on, and we see in the scriptures that it says, Philip was found in Azotus, and, and passing through, he, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea, and you know, later we find out he's an evangelist. We end up seeing him called Philip the Evangelist. What a title that would be. Imagine your, whatever your name is, the evangelist, right? In, fa- in 1 Thessalonians 5, 24, it says, Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. I just want to encourage you tonight, be like Philip. Things might be well and good in your comfort zone, but get out of it and go out and reach people with the gospel. You may say, that's kind of terrifying. Remember, if you're born again, you got the Spirit of God dwelling in you, and He's bold, and He's ready, and He wants to reach some people. And you say, oh, I, I don't know if I can do it. First Thessalonians 5 says, Faithful is He that calleth you who also will do it. Just trust Him. Take Him at His word and go. Thank you for listening to Messages from Liberty. Tune in next week for more Bible teaching or subscribe on iTunes to stay up to date with our current series.